This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Hey everybody, so good to be back with you guys. These podcasts have been such a blessing to me personally. I hope you're enjoying them. The feedback has been really, really fun. And um, we want to encourage you to keep reaching out. I have a special guest with me that all of you know today. Uh, Eric Gilmore is here. Good to have you, bro. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. I've, I've, uh, you're our first guest. Oh, awesome. Yeah, we actually had Bill on a few weeks ago, but that was from a while back. So you're my first guest live in the studio. Yeah, so it's going to be a great time. As you know, this is very organic and just... Um, We're just going to follow the Holy Spirit. So let's just pray. Eric, you want to pray, bro? Sure. Thank you, Lord, that you have done everything for us and that we can look to you and receive it. Mm. I pray that's what would happen during the course of this time, looking into your word. As we look to you, may we receive all that you have finished. Amen. 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 Today we're going to dive into what I believe is the most important thing in all of life. It is the pearl of great price and the only reason to live. So if I were you, I'd listen, I would listen and um, and really lean into this. Before we get started, there's a few things I want to remind you of. One is Jesus School, which I know both of us are pumped about that. And um, I'm pumped that you're here on the show because I think you'll be able to speak into this. But Jesus School, to me, it's really burning in my heart. I, I can see uh, I can feel it. I can see what God is wanting to do. And I don't know of another school like it. Eric, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'd, I'd love to hear like what you're sensing from the Lord. So to me, I think the Jesus School is an opportunity of a lifetime because of the emphasis of Jesus' image, yeah. but also the fullness that Jesus' image is being used to gather. Mm. So I really feel like if someone's looking for a place where they can come sit at the Lord's feet and not only spend time still and staring, but be able to behold Him in a fuller capacity than anything yeah. else that I really know of yeah. right now, this is the perfect place for them. So I'm super excited for those two reasons, to yeah. come and sit at His feet and be able to see Him in a more complete way than I can just by myself. Wow. I think you and I are excited too, yeah. just to be part of it. We want to enroll. Hopefully, we're hoping we get accepted and that we pass all. You know that we meet the criteria. the um, The Jesus School is really a call to everybody listening to come and give a year of your life and to sit at the feet of Jesus. There are so many amazing schools out there. People who've impacted me. So many wonderful ministries. I, I believe our lane, our calling, is to put people, to take them and usher them into the presence of Jesus. So for years now, we've been talking, just as friends, myself, Eric, Dan, Dave, Brian, Todd, um, so many of us, we've been talking about, um, why can't we do this all the time? Why can't we kind of live in this place, uh, especially when we're at, at, at one of the events, like Jesus 17, where we're all saying, Man, we would love to just be here. And um, it just kind of leapt in my heart. Well, let's, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, I'm willing to do it. And, I mean, how much did the Brownsville School of Ministry touch your life? Yeah, without the Brownsville 
school of ministry experience that I had, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if I would have been able to sustain a intimate relationship with the Lord because I was taught there mm-hmm. how to continue in His presence. Wow. Because I was blasted by His presence mm-hmm. publicly, but I guess Brownsville was an atmosphere and a teaching how to walk out that presence in daily life. So wow. I, I owe so much to the Brownsville Revival and the Brownsville Revival School of Ministry. That's amazing. So um, what did you come away with, what did you say, in one sentence? What did you come away with from being in, a, in that setting for an extended period of time? Uh, a love for the presence of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, look, if you're interested, our, the instructors are amazing people. Eric and I will be there very, very consistently. Daniel Kalenda will be there. Myself, um, my wife will be there. Um, Sister Pinya, the Sisters of Mary, she'll be there. Um, uh, Brian Guerin will be there. Uh, Todd will be there. Lou Engel will be there. Uh, Pastor Benny will be there. Who, who am I missing? Bill. We're hoping for this first year. Yeah, Bill, if you're listening, that was a spirit-led invitation. Um so many. Ben Fitzgerald's coming in from Awakening Europe. Just so many people that love Jesus who are really carrying something very precious. Nathan Morris is coming in. So it's going to be a just a phenomenal time. So if you'd like to come to Jesus School, this is our first year. It will be a historic year. You can go to jesusschool.tv and, and enroll. And we would love to have you. Jesus 18 will be this December, 12th through the 15th. We're finalizing the venue now. It will be almost twice the size, not quite, but twice the size of this year's venue. Uh, Again, the speakers are amazing, but most of all, the presence of Jesus has been, really for me, bro, life-changing. I mean, just to, like the last night, sitting up there with everyone was like like heaven to me. And um, so that, you can go to Jesus18.com. Heidi's back this year. Claudio Frizon is back is here with us for the first time, and Jeremy Riddle, uh, Stephanie Gretzinger, and Amanda Cook are we're adding uh, to our worship lineup, and they've become an amazing group of friends and family. So you want to be here? I'm telling you, uh, it's going to be a very special time. And Randy Clark is joining us for the first time. So, so you want to get there? That's December 12 through 15. Go to Jesus 18. Dot com. You want to register now, and then make sure that you stay up to speed uh, with us. Make sure you're following us on, so- on social media so that we can uh, fill you in on what's happening. Okay, Eric, you have you have a few events coming up that I want to, or one specifically coming up in Jacksonville. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So it's a school of his presence. It will be in Jacksonville on February third. It's a nine-hour class. Wow. Yeah, so it's going to be time of waiting together mm-hmm. and delving into the scriptures and how to walk with the Lord in yeah. everyday life in His presence. And uh, it's on Eventbrite. You can see it there and register there, and all the details are right there. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow. Look, oh, and Dave's teaching Jesus School, too. I talked to him today. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Dave Pabavisi is also joining us for Jesus School. I want to say this about Eric. Uh, when Eric first started these schools of His presence— most of you know who Eric is. If you've, if you're alive and born again, you would know who Eric is. But to me, Eric is the greatest 
most focused, consistent voice regarding experiencing the presence of the Lord that I know of. And he lives it through and through. I call him the interior mechanic. The language the Lord has given him regarding the inner life and loving Jesus and experiencing the presence of Jesus is super rare. So I want to encourage you to go to this school. I sat through one of his first schools. We let him use uh, the studio here. And I sat in the lobby, and it was just phenomenal. And I, I've said it many times. What God has anointed Eric to deposit is what gets us through the Christian life and and gives us the opportunity to enjoy the Christian life. So if you've never been to one of Eric's schools, if you're listening, you're a pastor, leader, if you're pastoring a church, very rarely do we hear people teach on the most important aspect of the Christian life, which is experiencing Christ himself. So, you know, I, I want to encourage you, send your people. I would come if I were you. If you're in the anywhere in the southeast, get to that. It will be an awesome time. Okay? Uh, I will. We will be in Dallas and Houston for Jesus Regionals this year. Houston is April 19th through 21. Dallas is September 6th through the 8th. The speakers are phenomenal. You want to be there for that. And that's about it. So, Eric, why don't we jump into the scriptures? And uh, why don't you take us there, bro? So, if we're going to be talking about Mary of Bethany, mm-hmm. who is the embodiment of the preeminence of the person of Jesus, yeah, that's what she. I think she's representing is she's crying out that he's greater than his gifts. Wow, he's more he's more precious than even his promises. Mm. He must take the cake. On all fronts. Yes. You know, and so I think that's what she's saying to us. And I think she redefines success for us. Mm. She shows us that it's not about just miracles. It's not just about preaching. It's not about, you know, packing out stadiums or riches or fame. That success yes, through Mary of Bethany is seen to be a heart that is captivated by Jesus. Wow. And so if we look at Matthew chapter 26, verse 13 we see something that Jesus points out about her that is gold. Hmm. It says, um, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory Hmm. of her. So there's something about her that Jesus Hmm. put together with the proclamation of the gospel. There's something about Mary of Bethany that is intrinsic to the gospel itself, according to the gospel Himself. And so when you look at when you look <laughs> at that, powerful, you begin to ask yourself, what could it be? I mean, there's so many people that have loved the Lord. There's so many people that have went on to do incredible things for the Lord. But you look at Mary and you see that she never preached a message. Mm-hmm. She never taught a class. She never wrote a book. She performed no miracles. Mm-hmm. She's only mentioned three times in the entire Bible. So you're wondering, even as I did, what in the world is it about her mm-hmm. that Jesus has chosen to link her name, her person, with the gospel? Yeah. And I think it's seen right in the texts that we read about her. The very first time you see her is in Luke 10, verse 38. And we see that this first mention of her, she is doing something incredible. Should we read it? Yeah, man. 
So she, the scripture says in verse 39, uh, she had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet. Mm -hmm. Seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. I mean, what do you think the significance is of her, of the imagery that the Holy Spirit chose to inscribe for us to see something about her person? Mm -hmm. why, why do you think the very first thing mentioned about this woman is that she's sitting down? Mm -hmm. that's, that's a question. Yeah, I would say there's a few things. One is the fact that the Lord is seated, right? That's his disposition, that he is our eternal rest, right? And she seems to understand that if he's seated, I need to be, right? Yeah, so um, I remember when I first dove into the Song of Solomon, uh, when the Shulamite says, kiss me with the kisses of your mouth, the, Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, it, Jesus does not, kiss moving targets and um, it's that disposition that um, that that sets us up to receive from him interestingly enough imagine the activity going on in that house and that, at least that's what I see in the scriptures also There's a, it was a busy house mm -hmm. uh, yet she's seated probably completely Disposition-wise, in a completely opposite way mm. compared to the rest. Yeah. And it it it, um, it also shows me that Jesus waits for our us to stop. You know, he's rarely running, right? right. Yeah. So there's so much more, but I brought. I didn't. <laughs> I'm not going to steal this whole deal. Uh, the next thing it says is that she's listening. Yeah. And listening is a beautiful word because of what you see in the word itself. To listen, people are practicing that right now. It's very passive. Uh -huh. It's attentive. It's passive attentiveness. Uh -huh. She's a passively receiving through attention upon the person of the Lord. And this is a secret Wow. for people to understand uh, the ways of the Lord, to hear the voice of the Lord, to experience the Lord, uh -huh. to passively give attention to his person passively in order to be able to receive as we b remain passive we're able to become receptive hmm. a lot of people are so active that they're unable to be receptive and you know we've both talked about this many times about how people are plagued with multiplicity yeah and their multiplicity robs them of the beauty of simplicity and so here she is showing us not only seated but she's also listening and I see that she is in this gazing, uh -huh. in this listening, in this watching, in this waiting. Uh -huh. She is teaching us that he, his person, is too beautiful to look away from. Wow. In the midst of all of the chaos, in the midst of accusations from her sister, even that look right. Well, don't you want to serve the Lord? You should serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. And she's saying, this is my service to the Lord, mm -hmm. to gaze upon him. Martha wanted to feed him more than feed on him and i think a lot of people live this way in their lives and i think in this we see that mary 
of Bethany is a call to be captivated by the captivated by the Lord. Wow. She is a demonstration of his worth. She is a proclamation of the preeminence of his person. It is her love that we see right there that cries out that she has found something that is so much more valuable than acts and works. She has found that he himself is the fulfillment of her person. Yes. He's the joy of her life, the peace in her heart, the satisfaction of her soul. It's like she's stricken breathless by the overwhelming conviction that he is more lovely than anything she has ever seen before. And this is the picture, the imagery that we see the scriptures is showing us. She realized that being with him was literally to have everything she ever wanted, to be everything that she ever imagined and arrive everywhere she only dreamed of going. She's found that his presence has freed her from the need to have anything else. Yes. And isn't that what happens That's to you? That's it right there. Once you experience the sweetness of his presence, you find that 95% of your prayers vanish. Mm-hmm. And that all you ever really wanted with him anyways. Mm-hmm. And so that's the essence of what she is showing us, is that he is literally too beautiful to look away from. Because she, in this way, has come to realize that his presence trumps everything else. His presence in the midst of her mundane, common life mm-hmm. has turned that house of commonality into a garden of spices with her beloved, simply by wow. looking at him. And I think a lot of the people that are listening now, Mm -hmm. they go through mundanes of life, just the mundane things of life. Like Oswald Chambers once said, God is most glorified in the mundane, but we think he's most glorified in the extravagant. Yeah. But he's so glorified in just the day-to-day walking with him. And we, we think it can't possibly be significant to the Lord, but a heart that's captivated by him makes everything significant to the Lord. And so Mary is showing us right here that this is the thing that changes everything. And one of my favorite writers says that that she drew near to him, close enough to hear, if nothing else, just his breathing, which is a beautiful <laughs> imagery of just, I want to hear you, I want to give you all my attention. Yeah. Even if you're not speaking, I want to be attentive to the breathing mm-hmm. of your uh, that comes out of your nose and your, your chest moving. I want to be aware of your movements even when you're still. Yes. I want to know the still movements. Wow. The movements that are even in the midst of stillness. And A.W. Toza has perfectly coined a phrase that I love. He says, when the eyes of the soul looking out meet the eyes of God looking in, there heaven has begun upon the earth. Wow. And that's what Mary's showing us. And this is why Jesus is pointing to her saying, this is intrinsic to the gospel itself. You must be captivated by me. If the blood spilt on the cross isn't a symphony for your soul, then I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is, is showing us. Wow, bro. So she, we can go on and read the rest, but what we see is that she, Jesus calls what she's doing the good part. Let's read the rest. All right. Go ahead, bro. So Mary was di- Martha was distracted with her preparations. It's funny it says her. Mm-hmm. That's the origin of them, right? She came up to him, to the Lord, and said, Lord, do you not care? I love the point that you bring out there. That who's the most caring individual to ever step his foot on the planet? True, is it not God who dies for rebellious, sinful mockers? It is. And so she has a jacked up view of the Lord because she's not looking. And I think this is a, a lot of times what happens with people is when you don't look to the Lord, it messes up your ability to perceive him rightly. Mm-hmm. And so 
It goes on, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Look at that. Two things there that really just stick out to me. Mm-hmm. She feels alone. Here's the origin of loneliness, not looking at the lamb. Mm-hmm. And then look at this one. <laughs> tell her to help me. A lot of people's intercession is that way. <laughs> Lord, get her to do this. This is what we think should be happening right now. Lord, do this. And a lot of people come to God and they say, oh, Lord, change my husband. Oh, Lord, change my wife. And the reality is, is that it is evidence that their hearts are not captivated by him. So the Lord, it says, but the Lord answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered. Here's the origin of worry and the origin of being bothered. (laughs) It's not looking at the lamb. About so many things. Here's Seems to be the origin of every problem. (laughs) So true. So true. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. And I don't know how much you want me to go. Yeah, there's a quote I, I wanted to read to you, Eric, uh, by Amy Carmichael. You've probably read it. but She said, Blessed are the single-hearted, for they shall enjoy much peace. If you refuse to be hurried and pressed, if you stay your soul on God, nothing can keep you from the clearness of spirit, which is life and peace. In that stillness, you will know his will. Good. I never heard that. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. She's talking about a life disposition of gazing upon the Lord. Mm -hmm. I I feel like um, a work the Lord did in me probably two or three years ago, he began to show me the worth of Jesus from heaven's perspective, from the Father's perspective. I I was um, when we first started when we first became friends when Jesus Image first began. My heart, my soul was swept away into this um, freedom of simplicity by looking of looking just looking at him. It seemed um, in the beginning too simple to seem right. But it felt right, and it was freeing. And it no longer was about sermons. It was no longer about um, going to my Bible to learn stuff. It became about finding him, and slowly but surely, I, I couldn't get away from him. And I couldn't get away from the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, This is Jesus He's more than enough. Stay with him and look at him. And any other pursuit would be a major downgrade, right? So I became enamored with him, by him. And I couldn't figure it out because it it was like going against the current of what I had done for much of my life. You know, for a while it was about power and miracles. And we that has never stopped. In fact, it's increased. But then he came and overshadowed um, lesser lovers. And I began to look at the Lord Jesus from, as the Lord would allow me, as the Holy Spirit would allow me, to look at him the way the Father did or hope to see him in that light. 
as we're invited into that beautiful relationship between him and the Father by the Spirit. And that's when I began to preach, if Jesus was enough for the Father, may he be enough for us. Somehow Mary knew that the one sitting in front of me is life itself. That there's nothing, even doing something for him, yeah. is not as precious as sitting with him. Right? Mm-hmm. So, as you were, as you were, man, I'm so powerful. As you were teaching, I, I wrote down a few things. Number one was worship is never a waste. Mm-hmm. That's what came to me. Two, uh, I wrote down John 10.10 10, when Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. No Jesus, no life. No, no coming of his presence, no experiencing his presence, no life, certainly no abundant life. But I want to tap into the worship thing mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah. Because that, this is a beautiful picture of worship. Yeah, yeah. Filling the house with fragrance. The, the whole deal. Like, Obviously she goes on to do all that later on. But her life seemed to be a life of worship. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, worship is not a, it's never a waste. Yeah, so what she is is showing us what worship looks like, mm-hmm. looking at the Lamb. Mm-hmm. I mean, John even says the same thing. He looks and says. He sees and says. Mm-hmm. And so this is the beautiful picture of worship. You look at him, and then you're able to call everyone else to do the same. Mm-hmm. So I think what she is... So does worship transcend a meeting? Does worship transcend a song? Yeah. What is it? Yeah, I heard somebody once say that worship is a state of mind, and I don't like that at all. No. I think it's the subjectivity of the soul to the beauty of Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, I agree. It's when the soul has looked at him and become wrapped in his beauty, literally blinded by the radiance of his face. When a heart gives its attention to the beauty of the Lord, God always lets men look at him. And then once they're able <laughs> to see him, wow. then... You see things start changing. When we say he's beautiful, what are we I mean, what are we talking about? Yeah. Well, one thing that is important, I think, to know is that when we say he's beautiful, we don't mean attractive in the natural. We mean attractive by our spirits because mm-hmm. he's the fulfillment of our spirit man. Mm-hmm. And so without him, there is no fulfillment. And the pull that pulls us towards him isn't just that he's majestic in his vision, the vision of him, but in seeing him is the fulfillment of all for us. He completes wow. us. And so, so someone's listening, they're like, but Jesus said that it would be better if I believed without seeing him. Yeah. What do you mean by seeing him? Well, remember Jesus says, they won't see, but you will see. Mm-hmm. So there is a not physical seeing that's gone, but now by the spirit we have eyes mm-hmm. to see. And so we do see, mm-hmm. but we don't see in the natural. And we do wait for a day when he will split the sky and we shall see him and become like him. Mm-hmm. But just like that coming day when we see him and will become like him, so today we look at him and become like him. So once we see him, something erupts in us. We call that worship, right? As, yeah. as the heart bows down to the Lord. Yeah. Like you said, subjectivity. Mary, there was something about Mary, 
her life of worship did something to Jesus. Yes. Right? Yeah. Talk about that. So, I mean, even the fact that she's seated is another imagery of being low before yeah. the Lord. She's bowed down. She's, yeah. sub, she's not level with him. Yeah. She's not above him. She's below him, looking up at him. Heidi said something once. She said, um, no, this, this, this wasn't Heidi. Somebody else told me this. It was, I don't know if it, if it was you. You can just rebuke me right here. Um, there's a statue at Disney that I talked. Did we talk oh, about? This is Dan. Dan. Yeah, yeah Dan Kalinda, so the, of Cinderella, who's frowning, but when children look up, the way they sculpted it, the artist's strategy was for children to be able to see the smile, and the adult to be able to see the frown. So at Azusa, Heidi was on the platform, and it was a big setting. Uh, for, I was so excited to be there with Lou and them, and there were tens of thousands of people. And Heidi came up and she said, "When you come before Him, don't be a big preacher. Mm. Be a little child. Go low." That really affected me. Yeah. So she's Mary's doing that here. Yeah, Matthew five says, "Blessed are the poor, mm. for they will inherit the kingdom." Yeah. And we know that that kingdom is nothing other than the presence of the king himself. Yeah. So if you want the king, it's going to come with poverty. Isn't that the... I feel the Lord now. <laughs> Isn't that the the, the... the Bible says that Jesus is the curtain and the tabernacle, right? And isn't that the essence of worship, being that the, the altar of incense is on the bottom mm. of the curtain at his feet? It's beautiful. It's 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 low so that everything that comes from it can only go up because it's so low. Yeah. It can't go low, even if it wanted to, mm-hmm. because the disposition, the positioning of the of the altar of incense is already low. It's yeah. on the ground. Yeah. It's fixed to the ground, but it's at the feet of that curtain. That's beautiful. And Mary had that. Yeah. And because of that, Jesus wanted to come there a lot. Just be there. That's my heart. He looks for her. Yeah, he looks yeah. for her. Yeah. The lie is that the lie that in the one of the lies in the church is that we have to choose between Jesus' arm and his leg. That's not his desire. His desire is him. Yeah. Is for us to have him. Mm-hmm. So the lie is that, well, I'm part of an intimacy or prayer movement. I must not be one of the power guys. But Jesus comes back to raise the dead yeah. in the house that he's loved in. Mm-hmm. There's resurrection power that lives in Bethany. Yeah. And he does it in a beautiful way with a tear in his eye. Mm-hmm. Only Jesus can raise the dead with a tear in his eye. Right? <laughs> Talk, man. <laughs> so Jesus calls wow. this thing that we see here in Mary which reminds me of a scripture that I think it was David that wrote, come, let us worship and bow down. Yeah. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. And she's bowing, and Jesus sees this and says, this is the one thing that's needed. Yeah. What you're doing right now, what you see here, is the one thing that's needed. The one thing that is an absolute necessity for our lives. She shows us that the essential Christian message is not behave but behold. Yeah, that's it, bro. Yeah. So there she is showing us that uh, one Wait, look. So are you saying that, what about the guy who says, I want to be a good husband, you can't expect me just to sit at Jesus' feet? What would you say to that? 
Yeah, well, he's missing the point of the fact that it's the disposition of the soul given over to the Lord. It's not just going into the closet and sitting in there. A lot of people do that, and they never actually link and drink. Yeah, I they love just when you think. say that. Yeah. yeah, they're just a bunch of people that like to get into a quiet place and think a lot. But that's not what the Lord wants. He wants you to link with Him and drink Him. Yeah. And so what we've got to learn is that He wants us to abide in Him. Right. And the same will bring forth much fruit. And that fruit looks like loving your wife. Right. It looks like being a good father. It looks like being someone people can trust. It looks like love and joy and peace and patience, goodness, mm-hmm. kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things will effortlessly begin to come out of him who abides. And so this this is what that So can means. I love on Jesus while I'm on a date with my wife? Definitely. Can You're, I sense Jesus when I'm on a date with my wife? Yes. As a matter of fact, it <laughs> is in loving your wife that is a worship unto the Lord. Yeah. Because he has told us in Ephesians, Husbands, lay down your lives for your wives, even as Christ has laid down his life. So is what Mary of Bethany, what she's doing here, is that for every believer? I think it's answered in the very first verse. Huh. Jesus tied her together with the gospel. If the gospel's for everybody, Mary's for everybody. If the gospel hmm. is universal, the call for universal men to come to him, then this Mary call is for everyone as well. Don't you believe this is what the gospel should produce? Yes, it's a failure if it doesn't. Yeah, why is that? Because he doesn't get what he wants. What does he want? <laughs> what What does he want? He wants some um, love. What, what, and why? <laughs> because I think that his heart is fulfilled when men love him. His desire in loving us is to be loved by us. Yeah. And so that's this is what the heartbeat of the Lord looks like. Do you feel like he, he's, he's loved enough? No, no. What a privilege we have. Yes. Jacopone de Tati, an early Christian writer, was asked, why are you weeping all the time? His response was, because love himself is not love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason he loves us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for the sake of love. And he loves us with the same love, he said, mm-hmm. that the Father loves him with. It's beautiful. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Bethany speaks to me Mm. so loudly. You'd think that Jesus would decide to rest in Jerusalem. You know, it's his city, the city of the great king. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, He gave David the strategy to take Jerusalem from the Jebusites. Mm. It's there that David, it's from the Lord. Jesus, that David said, I'll go through the waterways. Lowliness, yeah. worship. David was a worshiper, mm-hmm. and he found a way in that the greatest warrior couldn't find. Come on. Nobody could take Jerusalem from the Jebusites. It was a hardened city, so protected. But this little shepherd boy who knew the presence of God yeah. all alone with his little harp, he learned something. That in that presence, I find the answer to every need. Mm-hmm. I can have this city. Mm-hmm. And to think he took it through the waterways, the ways of worship, 
the moves of the Spirit, the intimacy with, with the Lord himself, and he took the city. I want to say unequivocally, and I know this is what you're saying, that being with Jesus and sitting at his feet mm-hmm. is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing that, we're not living. Yeah. I would even take it a step further and say that we're hurting him if we're not doing that. And you say, well, I've, I've hurt him. What do I do now? Well, you can tend to him by just giving him what he wants, and he wants us. He wants us. You're so right. I mean, Martha, she wasn't outside the house. It was a, it was a ministry time. Yeah. A good. It was good. It just wasn't great. Yeah. Well, maybe it was great. It just wasn't the best. Right. And the Lord said, what she's chosen, this is it. The um, I'm reading from the, the the Passion Translation. I've really just really started to enjoy this. I love the the imagery that it that it gives. It says um, regarding Mary in verse 39 that she sat down attentively before the Master, absorbing every revelation and word he shared. I love that language. It's basically a fusion between the Greek and the Aramaic. Um, But she attentively sat before him and absorbed all he said and every revelation. Then it says, But Martha came exasperated (laughs) by finishing the numerous chores, household chores in preparation for her guests. Mm. That stood out to me in that she had a guest there that trumped every other guest. Right. You know, and I feel like there's so many times and opportunities when things are flying by us and important things. Yet here's Jesus, just steady, still, right in front of us, seated, yeah. like he always is. And um, verse 41, you see the heart of Jesus here. This text reads, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? I mean, who is like him? (laughs) Even in his rebuke, he's pruning with love. He's amazing. Now let's go on. Let's talk about, um, because Mary's mentioned three times, right? Yeah. Let's move into those those other examples. The, The next one is really special to me. It's in John 11, actually. And it's when her brother, Lazarus, has died. Mm-hmm. And Jesus waited, obviously, so that he would die, so he could show the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of things that really stick out to me here. It's that uh, that he his presence there was more important to her than getting the answers to the questions mm. that she had. Wow. Um, yeah. So when he show, when she shows up, her brother's died, the Lord arrives on the scene, Martha meets him with dialogue. And though he loves Martha, he doesn't find what he's looking for in words alone. So he, as the scripture says, looks for her how do we know that it's because Martha goes and finds Mary and says he's looking for you yeah 
which shows us the nature of God because Jesus told us that the Father seeks worshipers. So he's revealing the nature of his own Father by looking for someone who will worship him. So the Lord seeks for her. Man, man. Yeah, this says here, the master's here and he's asking for you. Yeah, he's looking for her. And I think he looks today. He's looking now, even as people are listening to this, he looks for a Mary. Martha only has words, but he looks for one who will look at him. And that's what she's, she's doing. So here she comes to him. Her brother has died. Her heart hurts. She doesn't understand, but she throws herself at his feet. <laughs> Mary teaches us that even in crisis and questions, that his feet are our home, that her peace, her joy, her refuge is bowed low yes. beneath him. But here's the thing. Men would much rather explain than adore. It's true. They would much rather inquire the door and I'm sure she did have feelings about the situation thoughts about the situation but she threw them all down with her life at his feet and that's the beauty of this because she's saying your presence here is more important to me than facts and answers and explanations Hmm. and there's people listening to this right now that may be offended with God because he didn't do something the way that they thought he should or the way that they were expecting him to or the way that they thought that he said to them and so their hearts be- become offended but the reality is is that Mary teaches us that it is more important that he is here that his presence is more important than understanding yes. everything yes. so Mary worshipped and the Lord wept and this worship was brought about resurrection power so she said the same words that Martha said mm-hmm. these are the ones that got to his heart and he, he responds to Mary in a very special way his response to Martha was, go get Mary. <laughs> his, response, Dude, on, his response to Mary was, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forward. Hold on. <laughs> okay. The Lord has favorites. He does. He does. He has favorites. John. Yeah, because he has favor. Yeah. And that's something that's hard for people to hear. But yeah. everybody has that opportunity yeah, they're only his favorites because they chose to be. Yeah. You know, I you, you remember the you remember the the Syrophoenician woman worships the Lord mm. and he sends word and heals her daughter. Worship triggered something. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that's why we do it, but it gives us a picture of what moves him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, to me, it's not about worshiping him yes. for miracles. Come on. Someone said that a while back. Like, you know, if you really had a gift of healing, why would you guys need to worship so much? And it's never been about worship, right? Yeah. I've never been about the miracles. Totally. Yeah. Never. Yeah. It's we worship because we love him, yeah, right. and he's amazing. Yeah. But it seems that here, her, you're right. Like, I mean, Martha was discussing theology with him, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's all legal. But it didn't move him. No. He said, ask for Mary. Right. Come on. I would rather move him than understand him. I'd rather touch him than define him. <laughs> yeah, because if you think you're understanding him, you're like, you're only just understanding like a millimeter of him. Uh, 
Can you ever move into full understanding? It's okay. The spirit of understanding is meant to give us the ability to understand what he's saying. Right. That's why he said, do you not understand yeah. what I'm saying? Right? Right. That's why we, but the Holy Spirit, there is n- none of this is available outside of the spirit. Yeah. In other words, outside of him. Mm-hmm. But he moves her, he, she moves him here. Mm-hmm. I love what you said, man. Yeah. He said, Martha, go get Mary. That's incredible, yeah. man. Yeah. It's important for us to recognize that Mary, Mary's disposition is the gospel's intent. Yes. And if there's anything else takes that place, we miss it. First, falling out of first love is a great fall, according yes. to the scripture. Yes. She's willing to under she's she's willing to love him without understanding him. That's huge. Yeah, man. Because people tie together their love for the Lord based upon what they can gather together about his person. Right. And what they get. I understand this about him. Sometimes you don't you don't understand him. But are you willing to love and trust a God that you don't understand? That's a different situation. That's what Mary's saying. I don't yeah. need to understand. Yeah, yeah. But I'll worship you. Yeah. And I'll throw myself down at your feet with all my questions, all my concerns, and mm. I will say, you are worthy to me, and your presence here is more important to me than getting it and understanding what's going on. Yeah, because we never understand his right. presence. Come on. It's not, his presence doesn't come yeah. so that I can understand him. Right. Right? Right. His presence comes because he loves us mm-hmm. and because he knows we need him as bread. To unite us with him, right? Yeah. Thomas DeBay said, it is not just an experience, but also a union. Yes. Because through the experience, we find union. Yes. Yeah. But it goes on, and we see that she shows us that there's something, even as you're saying now, there's something that takes place in adoration that makes understanding unnecessary. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Okay, you talked about some people go in and pray and think. And others go in and link and drink. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. It's it, it's wonderful. So um, there's a fine line between the two of those. Mm-hmm. There's a very paper thin, that's the only way I can describe it, crossing over yes. between, these, between somebody who sits and thinks and the yeah. other person who, in the most gentle way, in their heart, begins to adore, and they begin to link. Yeah. Right. Yes. And then through yieldedness and and more adoration and more yieldedness, they begin to drink and receive. Yeah. Right. Talk, what is adoration, mm-hmm. and why is that important when it comes to receiving the substance of the Lord? Oh yeah. So outwardly. Both the thinker and the drinker may look exactly the same. Right. But internally, there's something different in each one of them. Mm-hmm. So the one that adores is the one who has chosen to set their affection away from themselves, mm-hmm. set their attention away from themselves. Those two things, those two A words are very important. Mm-hmm. Attention and affection. I turn my attention to you and I give you my affection. Mm-hmm. I worship you. Mm-hmm. These things like David says in Psalm 143, to you I lift up my soul. Yes. So he's saying... I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord. Right. Even this wording, 
to you I lift up my soul. When we recognize what the soul is, we understand what he's doing. Right. The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. And what David is saying is, I'm going to take my mind, all my thoughts. I'm going to take my emotions about the situation or my life. I'm going to take my own will, and I'm going to lift it up, meaning detach it from the earth. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to put it up upon you. And so when a man does that, he chooses to rip detach himself away from everything that has to do with him and his own personal way and then lift it above to the Lord, then the receptivity of his soul begins to open up. Mm-hmm. And then God can flow in and change the desires in a man's heart, align him with himself, communicate himself to him. Mm-hmm. But until this happens, there is no communication because man is blinded by his own self-consciousness. Right. And we are self-conscious people. We'll even take all the doctrines of the Lord and we'll turn them around to be about us. Yeah. And that's how, how things can get. Yeah. But adoration rips everything away from self and gives it all up unto the Lord. That's what adoration really is. Yeah. And, and the, the will is the bullseye of the soul, right? It's the, like the nucleus of the soul. And as we offer our soul to the Lord and, and present it to Him, it's really a sacrifice unto Him. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it, it, it's ripped off and from the cares of this life, yeah. and it's put in a position to receive mm-hmm. and hear, and the list goes on and on. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's not like a violent, it doesn't require a pilgrimage. You're saying the two people can look exactly the same, right? Mm-hmm. But somebody else's heart adjusts oh, yeah. one degree. Yep. One degree and all of a sudden I'm adoring the Lord, right? He's made it so simple. The most important thing, he made easiest. Mm-hmm. Madame Brion once wrote, if we really understand prayer, we understand it is easier than breathing. Yes. It's the heart simply turned in attention to him. It's simple mm-hmm. as can be. And when we recognize this, even as you prayed over me in the office, may his awareness of your accessibility plague him or something. That torture him. Torture him. Because he's always right here. And he's easier to touch than even breathing. I give you my attention. Yes. Simple. And then bam. Everything begins to shift into alignment with his person. I, mean, I, I hear, I can feel it people yeah. are listening going but dude it can't be it can't be it can't yeah. be that easy yeah. what, what would you say about that I'd say the reason why it's difficult for you is because you won't accept the fact that it's easy the difficulty lies in a wanting a part in the whole thing what do I gotta do what, tell me what to do nothing just simply give me your attention mm-hmm. Oswald Chambers said men are offended that all they have to do is believe. And I think that's the issue. Yes. Jesus says, when they say, what are, we want to do the works of God, he says, this is the work. Believe in me. Yeah. Cling, cling to the sun. Here it is. Just yeah. give me your attention and let your heart be mine. Yeah. Wow, man. It's so powerful. Um, yeah, I think we'll stop here and pick up for next week. Wow, that was amazing. Eric, would you pray real quick, man? Oh, yeah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the blood 
that has opened all of this up for us. Yes, Lord. I thank you for the resurrection that gives us this new life we speak about. And I thank you for the Holy Ghost who was sent when you ascended to give us fellowship with you that makes everything filled with your person. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we have in fellowship with you the beginning, sustaining, and end of all things. And I pray for every viewer right now, every, every listener, God, may grace be granted to them to recognize the simplicity of turning their attention to you and be empowered to walk everyday life by the power of your presence. In your precious name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Amazing time. I want to remind you guys, uh, get to Jesus School. It is a year of your life. It will change your life forever. Eric will be a resident instructor there. It's right here in Orlando where we both live. So you can check out all the info you need at jesusschool.tv. Again, Jesus18, December 12th through 15th. That's at jesus18.com. And I want to invite you, if you haven't partnered with Jesus Image, please pray about becoming a partner. Help us share the love of Jesus all over the world and bring the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to a generation. So maybe you've never partnered with the ministry. I felt led to say this last week. I think there's a lot of young people who feel like they are exempt or unqualified to partner, unable to begin giving to the Lord's work. I began giving to the Lord's work as a 12-year-old kid, and I just thought of a testimony a few weeks ago, the goodness of God. Man, I gave my last $5, I'll never forget it, at a church service. I emptied my pockets. I was 16 years old. I had $5 in my name. I gave it. And um, a lady tapped me on the shoulder, and she gave me a $20 bill. She didn't even know that I had just given. She said, do you mind giving my car wash afterwards? Back then, a car wash was $5. And she said, I said, no. I said, but it's only 5 bucks." She said, keep the ch- the change. And I just I, I felt in my heart last week that if you're a young person listening, live a life of generosity, and the Lord will honor it. So, I also want to invite you to partner with Eric's ministry, Sonship International. I've been around since the beginning of this amazing ministry. And what a precious, precious calling to bring Jesus a people who love him. And that's what God has raised uh, you up to do, man. So I want you to really prayerfully consider standing with Eric and Brooke and their ministry on a monthly basis. If you're unable to do that, um, you want to give a one-time gift. How can they do that, Eric? What's the website? Oh, yeah, they can do it at sonship-international.org. Sonship-international.org. Go ahead and do that. And um, Eric's got a book out. All of his books are blazing infernos. How to Prosper in Everything. What's that book about? It's about the fact that delighting in the Lord causes whatsoever you do with wow. to prosper. And where where can they get that book? Amazon is the main place okay. that we push people because it's easiest. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah, go get that on Amazon. Again, our regionals, April 19th through 21 in Houston, September 6th through 8th in Dallas. And uh, we love you. We'll talk to you next time. We'll be back next week with Eric. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. 
By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950640, Lake Mary, Florida 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.